Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. I want to shift our attention and I want to look at a topic tonight entitled Church on Fire. Church on Fire. Church on Fire. We're starting our new series tonight called Church on Fire. And uh, I really believe that God is going to speak to us uh, through this topic. And I know that as we begin to discuss it, we are going to see the true fire of the Holy Ghost uh, descend on us in these next four weeks leading up to conference. Are you with me still? We're going to turn to Acts 2. I want us to start our conversation there. We'll end somewhere else, but I want us to start our discussion there. I'm going to be speaking uh, from the title off of this series tonight entitled, I Don't Think I Know. That's what I want to speak on tonight. A title I entitled, I Don't Think I Know. Can you say that with me, say, or after me rather, say, I don't think I know. There's something about having a personal conviction about something. Uh, when you're completely convinced of something, you don't, you don't tell somebody, I, I think that it can happen. You, you have a, a, an assurance that you know something can take place and that you know something will happen. Um, I want us to look at the book of Acts, and we're going to see something that took place. And I want to pull your attention to something that oftentimes we overlook uh, about, about, uh, about, about the fire of God and also about receiving from Jesus. Can you take me to Acts 2? Let me just read that quickly. If you take me to an NLT. Awesome. I'm going to take it from here. Uh, how about we do this? Can the men read the odd verses and the women, you'll read the even verses. All right? So let's do that. So men, let's start with this one. One, two, three, and go. In the, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Ladies. Men, let's read verses three, one, two, three, and go. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. Ladies. I want us uh, to stay right there. Thank you so much. We're going to take just the four first verses of that. Um, the Bible is very clear as to say this in the word, as to say that there are people who made a decision to be in a place. As they made a decision to be in a place, Pastor Ryan, they waited on God. And the Bible says as they began to wait on God, the unexpected happened. Why they, were they didn't know why they were waiting, but they received a suddenly. They received a suddenly moment. Somebody say suddenly really quickly. Say it a little louder. Say suddenly. And all of a sudden, what, what the Bible says is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. And surprisingly so this weekend is actually Pentecost Sunday. And if you look at it, it says this, that suddenly what looked as though it was tongues of fire fell and rested on each of them that were there and present at that moment. Uh, after the, the, the huge windstorm, after the earthquake, what looked like tongues of fire fell on each of one of them that were present, and it gave them the ability to speak in languages, gave them the ability to speak on the unknown. And that's when God began to minister to me. I said, God, what are the prerequisites for receiving an unquenchable fire? What are the prerequisites? God gave me four things. I want you to write it down. Number one, what God showed me is that fire is released upon the hungry. Fire 
is released upon the hungry. You want the fire of the Holy Ghost, you, you want the fire of God to be in your life, then you need to be hungry. Why do I need the fire, Pastor Kofi? Because what the fire will do is the fire will give you a passion and an unquenchable a pursuit for God that doesn't end after a Thursday service. But what the fire will do will give you a desire, it will give you a hunger, a passion that will go from one day to another, from one year to another, from, from, from one phase to another. What the fire does is it sustains you through seasons of lack. What the fire does is that it's, it sustains you in, in, in seasons of, of coldness, in seasons where you feel as though you shouldn't be serving God. There is an internal fire on the inside of you that lights up the whole situation and gives you an opportunity and a reason to serve God when others think you shouldn't. The fire is for the hungry. It's released upon the hungry, number one. Number two, let me give it to you. A fire is released upon the desperate. Upon the desperate. It's the second thing. Fire is released upon those who are desperate to receive it. They're, they're hungry to receive it. Number three, fire is released upon the open. God can't give you something you don't want. So fire is released upon the open. If you are open, your heart is open, your mind is open, you are receptive to receive it, God then can give it to you. Somebody shout, I'm open. Just shout a little louder. Say, I'm open. Uh, when you become open, God can give you what you don't expect. When you become open, that's when God shocks you. When you think that everything that has happened to you, it's because of God, which is true. But, 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 but when you are open, God is able to give you stuff that your mind can't even think to ask for. When you are open, you give God the leeway to downpour and to deposit within your spirit things that you will need in 20 years' time. He can give it to you at this phase and input it and download it into your spirit. Somebody shout again and say, I'm open. Fire, lastly, is released upon the expectant. The expectant. Fire is released upon the expectant. Somebody say, I am expecting. Say it one more time. Say, I am expecting. I, I love this, this scripture. If you go to verses 2 or verses 3, you'll see that the Bible says suddenly. And a lot of people love to preach on that, and I've done it myself, and I've preached that God is going to bring a suddenly in your life, and, and God is going to do a sudden thing. And I believe that. I really believe that God can do suddenlies. But Pastor Oba, this week God began to speak to me about this topic, and, and it kind of rocked my world a little bit. Uh, usually, I love and I get excited when the Bible talks about the suddenlies of God, but then that's when it occurred to me within the Scripture that when it comes to suddenly, Suddenlies, suddenlies are not suddenly to those who are expecting. Suddenlies, they're not suddenlies to those who are expecting. If you were expecting something, then it's not a surprise. It's an expectation. Expectations are to be met. So the more you increase your expectation, the more God can revealed to you. So truly what was happening in this scripture is that we had people in the upper room who were there and they were praying and they were hungry but there was still a suddenly mean there was still a shock factor. It means you can still be in God but still not enter into the realm and the realm of expectancy. The realm of expectancy. Somebody say the realm of expectancy. 
Expectation is a realm. It's a place where you enter into. It's a place whereby your mind, your spirit, your system becomes rewired not only to just be surprised by the things that God does, but to be expectant for God to do them. Two different places to be. God, I'm walking in my life and oh my gosh, God surprises me. That's great. I'm not knocking it. I love it. God, send me a sudden, a sudden surprise. It's great. But it's, it's one level of revelation. Can I bring you a little higher? The, uh, the higher revelation is God, you said in your word, you will. When you stand upon the word of God to say, God, you said that you will, you're entering into the realm of expectancy. Expectation can only be built upon truth. I only expect because I know. Once I know, I can build an expectation. And once an expectation is, is now there, God is able to match your expectation with what he wants to now give you. So God now pours out based off of how much you are anticipating from him. Anybody anticipating something from God? Anybody expecting something from God? Anybody? Let me see if I raise hands. You're expecting something from God. That's great. But we need to move into the realm of expectation. When we exceed our human expectation as man, that's when we enter into the realm of the expectation of God. Let me repeat that. When we exceed our human expectation as man, all of us here are expecting something from God. We are expecting, man. Like I'm, I'm expecting so many things before the end of the year. I'm expecting it as man. But when we exceed our expectations as man, that's when we enter into the realm of the expectation of God which is actually the realm of faith. Someone shout faith. I remember when I was growing up, uh, you know, doing report cards in my, my third grade or so, um, I really paid attention to this. And how many of you guys know that on a report card, it has all the grades and stuff, and then it has like, you know, these skills, these skills and, you know, that you're supposed to meet, I forget what they're called, but these areas, you know, they, they look at your, like, you know, your, what is it called? Does anybody know what it's called? It's, it's, it looks at, you know, there's four main categories, all right? And the four main categories are like needs improvement. And, um, you know, man, I've been in grade school a long time. What are they called? Yes, exactly. You get needs improvement, satisfactory, then, you know, meets, you know, excellent, meets expectations, and then exceeds expectations. And I always thought to myself, how can one exceed an expectation? If, if the whole main categories are needs improvement, satisfactory, meets requirements, or reach, meets the expectation, and then exceeds the expectation, that means that the, the expectation of the teacher is only for me to meet it. So how can I beat that expectation? How can I bring it to another way? How can I bring it to another realm? It's by exceeding the expectation and entering into the realm of faith. Essentially, uh, to break this down, the realm of faith which is exceeding the expectation is a realm where it's beyond your natural abilities. There's some situations that you know in and of yourself you cannot handle, you cannot do. So you rest on the expectation of God. It's called faith. You look at yourself and say, I know within myself that this is where my skills, this is where my talents, this is where my ability ends, and this is where the ability of God begins. So I rest and I exceed my human expectations by saying, God, I know within myself I will fail, but I know you are the one who never fails. So you rest in the expectation of God. It's called faith. Someone shout faith. Faith 
is that realm of the unseen. How can one exceed human expectations? If I'm meeting your expectations in your class, then why are you telling me that I have to exceed them? Why would you put that category if you just want me to meet them? It's because there's a realm that they know that when you enter into that realm, it's the realm of creativity and imagination, something the teacher didn't even see coming. I didn't know that you could do this, but you brought some innovative idea that just blew the minds of the whole class that just took us to another level. So you've exceeded that expectation. It's my prayer that you will enter into the realm of expectation and not the expectation of man, but the expectation of God. I pray that your cup will be filled with faith tonight. I pray that God will raise you from one level of faith to another level of faith. I wish I had a better amen here. I I wish that God would raise your expectation from one level to another. You've been worrying too much. All you have to do is enter into the expectation of God. You've been wondering how was it going to happen? Enter into the expectation of God. Enter into the realm that is God. I cannot do it on my own. So I know that if I have an expectation that exceeds my human capabilities and now I begin to look at you as the author and the finisher, I know that when I want to give up, you won't let me fall because your plan for me is yes and amen. Your promises are yes and amen. So I rest in your expectation. I rest in your expectation. I've become weary and I've become weary of the fact that many times of us as Christians, what we do, this is not everybody, this is just me. Sometimes what we do is we look at our situations and yeah, we believe, but we really don't believe. Yeah, we have faith, but we really don't have faith. I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands because I know nobody will. But there are times, and I can be transparent to say, there are times where I look to myself, I say, man, God, will you come through for me in this situation? And then this is where I, be, this is where, you know, this is where I get upset, or this is what really you know, ticks me off, is when we get to the point where we're comfortable with the fact that God is not answering. We, we, it's almost as though we get comfortable with our position. We, we get comfortable with our illness. We, we get comfortable with the fact that we'll never overcome this sin. It's like we, we now begin to normalize what's not meant to be normalized. If I can submit to you that if you broke that expectation and entered into the expectation of God, there was a realm that even impossible situations become possible with God. Impossible situations in, indeed become possible. Do you believe that? No, I'm not moving until this church believes. Do you believe that God can take impossible situations and make them possible? No, you don't believe. You know why? Because then our lives would be different. The way we lead our lives would be different. The way we walk would be different. We wouldn't be living our lives and leading our lives thinking that, God, uh, you may come through for me. No, it's that, God, I know you will come through for me. Stress anxiety, all these things that our society is now leaning on so heavily is all a result of the fact that nobody's sure of tomorrow. So they're stressing for today because they, they don't know if tomorrow is promised. But we serve a God who is the alpha and the omega. So that means alpha means beginning. It means intro, Genesis, alpha, beginning. The end, 
The omega means the end. So it means that we serve a God who stands at the end and calls us from our beginning. He stands at omega and he calls us from alpha. He says, come from here. Come from here. You know what? Come. Give me two guys. Let me demonstrate it. I want everybody to understand this tonight. Come. Come. Stand here. You stand here. Uh, one more person. You, you come. Come, Pastor. Using, using a female tonight. It's all good. Stand here. Face Pastor David. So this is alpha. So everybody say alpha. And that is omega. Say omega. So you stand here and you walk towards me. Stand at Eto and face me and walk towards me, Pastor Naomi. So this is what happens. You are here as omega, okay? He's the alpha and he's the omega. This is you walking through life. Come, come, now stop. Now take two steps to your right. Keep going to your right. This is what happens in life sometimes when life knocks us off course. We think that God doesn't know what he's doing with our situation. When in actuality, he's here all along calling us to himself. If he let us leave Alpha, it means he knows our destination at Omega. So God calls you from the beginning, even though he's at the end. He says, come to me. I know your future. I know your plans. So why do we stress about tomorrow? Because why are we even stressing about today and tomorrow if God already knows the end? He knows the day you'll leave this earth. So he stands here and he says, come to me. But this is our issue. We don't have enough expectation. We cannot expect God. Where's our faith? We don't know. We say, God, I know you want me to come to you, but how will I eat next month if I quit my job? You're telling me to quit. And, and, and how will I make it from day to day if you tell me to break up with the boyfriend that I just lean on because he's my crutch? And, and how will I make it if I stop that sin of smoking? What will I do? I'll begin to itch myself. I'll go through withdrawals. What will I do? How will I do if all the friends leave me? And God says, you don't need them. They're even weighing you down. They're blocking your ears from hearing my voice. I know the plans that I have towards you. I know the plans that I have towards you. I feel like I'm preaching to myself. I know the plans that I have towards you. Sometimes you look at your life and you say, God, things are not going right. And God is saying, don't stress about it. I know the plans. I'm calling you. Just trust me. Have enough expectation to know that if my voice is calling you, my voice will keep you. Because my promises are yes and amen. Amen means it is so. Which intentionally means it's going to happen. It will happen. Not that it may happen, but it will happen. I preach to some. Somebody here tonight who is giving up on their situation. Somebody who is giving up on life. Just be steadfast because our God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. So don't worry about the middle. The middle is yours to discover. But we have a helper called the Holy Spirit. We have, the, we have a helper. We have a helper. We have a helper called the Holy Spirit. Everyone's come. So I want you to, please be seated. I want you to stand here, and you're going to face Naomi. So this is what happens, all right? Can I demonstrate it? You remember what Eto is? He's what? He's what? He's what? And, and, and Pastor David is? Okay. And this is Naomi. And now in the middle, we have the counselor, the helper, 
the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And what does he do? He, he guides our path. So as you are here, the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, three in one, the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who is in sync with the Father, who is in sync with Alpha, who is in sync with Omega, knows the route that he's taking you on. So what happens is this. Omega will come and speak through the Spirit of God to Naomi and tell Naomi, take three steps to the right, take four steps to the left, take one step forward, turn around two times, and this is what happens. As the Spirit of Truth is doing all this stuff, you are turning, you are twisting, you are walking, you're thinking that you're going off track, but the Spirit of Truth knows the tour that he's taking you on. Life wants us to take the straight road. God tells us to take the detour. Because God factors in your mistakes and your mistakes detour you. So he knows that from the beginning, you're not going to walk the straight line already. Who am I talking to tonight? Can I teach tonight? He knows you're not going to take the straight route. He knows that this summer you're going to fall here. He knows it. He sees it already. So he says, you know what? I have already made plans for the spirit of truth. To take you three steps to the right, two steps backward. But pastor, God is not with me. No, he's with you. He just calculated your mistake and your mess up. He knew you were going to do it. He knew, he knew where you were going to do it. But, but this is where I want you guys to get this. Please be seated. It's this truth right here. Is that as you are going through life, the spirit of truth, the counselor, the one who leads us and guides us and directs our path, he's constantly speaking to you. He knows the route. Many of us don't listen to his voice. He, he told you not to be in that relationship. You put yourself in that position. I'm hurt. My heart is broken. I can't trust anybody. God told you not to link up with him. What'd you do? You linked up with him. Oh, am I talking here tonight? He, he, he told you not, not, not to move, but you moved. He told you, don't switch programs. But it's hard. No, it's not hard. This is where I need you. But human nature, our, our own voice is louder than the voice of God. Sometimes in our lives, so... Instead of listening to the spirit of truth, go ahead and act like you're whispering into her ear. Act like you're doing, yeah, 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 yeah. You see that? You see that? You see that right there? That's the spirit of truth. That's the spirit. But, you, but the thing about the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, so he doesn't force himself. He'll tell you once and leave you. He'll tell you once and he'll leave you. He'll tell you once. He'll tell you once. He'll tell you twice. He'll tell you three times. And then he'll stand and watch you. I can't hear God. Well, he spoke to you. You decided not to listen, so God is just watching you. But God is so merciful. Can we just thank God for his mercy? Some of us, we've been throwing away the spirit of truth a long time. But God is so merciful. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. So what happens is this. Right when you are about to go off, completely off, completely off, like you are 
you're done. Right. Done. <laughs> Look how far you are. This is what happens. Because his name is Abba Father. There was a soft side to God. That the moment you go off, and for some reason, like the prodigal son, you come to yourself. What happens is this. He sits back as Omega. He says, Spirit of Truth, please go. Speak to her one time. And then this is where you say, God, give me a sign. And this is what happens. God takes the spirit of truth. And through situations, people want to say that he brings you back on track. No, he cripples you. You'll make sure you'll never forget this lesson. Because how can he be so sure you won't go off again? Am I talking to someone? So he'll, he'll cripple you, and all of a sudden, you're walking with the spirit of truth. Now, you tight with the spirit of truth. Like, I mean, <laughs> Holy Spirit, like, I'm not letting you go. But now, instead of walking, you're limping. So that you'll never forget. So when God tells you to go to the left three times, <laughs> you won't question his voice. Because you know the last time you did, you walked with a limp. You're already walking with one. If you get two limbs, man, what's going to happen to you? So now, you are walking with a limp towards your destiny. Walking with a limp towards your destiny. But can I tell you truth? Can I tell you some truth? I really don't trust anybody that doesn't have a limp. Can, can I be honest with you tonight? I didn't even touch my message. This is just, I really, I really don't trust somebody that hasn't been through a situation. Doesn't have a limp. Doesn't, doesn't have something that they, they've tried to overcome. Because it shows me once you have a limp, once you have a scar, your scar tells a story. It shows me that you're real. It shows me you've been through something. It shows me that the moment that I'm going off, you won't judge me because you've been there. But this is what happens in the church. I'm talking about a church on fire. This is what happens in the church. You've been through it. Then you judge somebody who was just where you once came out of. You were just sleeping with somebody. But now you're sanctified because you're tight with the Holy Spirit. And you've gone to physiotherapy. So now you've managed your limp. So nobody knows you have a limp. So you're walking like this now. So nobody knows you have a limp. You're trying to mask your limp. But little do they know that if you took off your pants, you would have a scar that's so long. This is the time of the church where the scars need to be shown, where the limp needs to come back because we're losing the church and we're losing the generation and we're losing the people and we're losing the youth and we're losing the young people because you're afraid to show a little scar. You don't want to show your testimony now? What? You can put together a sermon, you can pray in tongues for two hours, and you don't know what it's like to be caught up in a relationship that's toxic. You've been there. Instead of sitting, please sit. Instead of being in a position of judgment, you need to take on the spirit 
of Omega. The Spirit of God that says, I've seen you. I knew you were going to be there. I brought the spirit of truth to bring you out. And now you're tied. So the next time, come here, Mel, stand here. So the next time that somebody's in the same position, just stand right there. The next time that somebody's in the same position, you will look at them and you will tell them, listen, I've been there before. I know what's going to happen to you. You're not just going to walk out of this. There's going to be a limp. I mean, there's going to be a situation that is going to be grand. Because you're saying, God, show me a sign. He's not going to give you a sign of a suddenly. He's going to give you a sign that's going to cripple you. He's going to give you a sign that changes your name from Saul to Paul. He's going to give you a situation whereby once you're blind you will now be healed by a man named Ananias a man who 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 is afraid of you will be used now to heal you he'll put you in a position where all of a sudden your name changes from Jacob to Israel he'll take you to a situation whereby for nights you're agonizing and you're telling God why am I in this lion's den I'm going to die with these lions here and God turns what was meant to kill you to now what is meant to comfort you but God has to still bring you through the lion's den there's no way God will put you into a situation to make you the ruler of much if he doesn't take you to the lion's den where you're put into contact with something that can kill you but then it's something that's turned to heal you God has to take you through a situation whereby it's now susceptible for you to have a scar for you to have a limp but all of a sudden after you have your limp God will bring you back on track towards your destiny I prophesy to you tonight I speak to you tonight I declare to you tonight that after this this evening God will give you such an expectation on the inside that you will never ever doubt the voice of the Holy Spirit again don't grieve the Holy Spirit please be seated you give me some keys please be seated thank you thank you so much guys you get sit. There is an expectation that God is looking for. It's a realm of faith. Expectancy operates in the realm of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 teaches us what faith is. Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence. Faith is the evidence. It's the evidence. It's the evidence. Faith is the evidence. How can you have evidence for something you don't see? That's like saying, like my teacher who's marking my report card. Needs improvement. Satisfactory meets expectation exceeds expectation how could I exceed expectation if you've told me what the expectations are and I've met them it's because there's a realm that doesn't make sense a realm of imagination and creativity a realm where ideas now link together and things come and things that you never thought of are now things that you're operating in there is a realm there is a place it's the realm of faith the realm that you operate in is now has to be the realm of faith somebody say I'm shifting tonight Come on, say it again. Say, I'm shifting tonight. You have to shift from a realm of just human expectation on God like everybody. God, I know you're going to come. To God, I know your ways. Because this is the issue. Let me give you the, the second point. Sorry, I didn't even give you points. Forgive me. Today, the, the way the Holy Spirit was, was working. Are you being blessed tonight? I didn't even get to my sermon tonight. Let me just take it a bit further for about 10 minutes and then I'll, I'll, I'll concur. Being expectant is literally, literally what it is. Being expectant is a result of knowing the ways of God. The ways of God. Being expectant 
is as a result of knowing the ways of God. The ways of God. Jude 24 says it like this. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now unto him who is able. Not on now, not, the Bible doesn't say now, now unto him who's kind of able. No, now unto him who is able. That is a way of God. That means that God is an able God. Are you still with me? It's part of his ways. That is who he is. He is an able God. That's who he is. It's something that is sure. I told you that expectation has to stand upon word, has to stand upon the premise of a promise. And the promise is that if God is able, then you can now expect God to be an able God in situations that are bleak and dark. If God is an able God, which he is, then you can expect in your darkest hour that he's going to be the one to make a way where there is no way. He is an able God. That's one of the ways of God. It's an attribute of God. Let me give you this, this point that's going to sum up everything. A church on fire is more interested in the ways of God than the acts I want you to say that with me. Say, a church on fire is more interested in the ways of God than the acts of God. The ways of God is who he is. The acts of God is only what he does. So you know him to be a helper, not just that he heals. I call that phenomenon the flare generation. The flare generation. Have you seen a flame and it kind of just flares up, the flame just flares up. I consider that the flare generation. Generation that's in love with the acts of God but not the ways of God. Because I'm, tell, I'm teaching you tonight that the ways of God operate within faith and expectation. And that's the realm that we're speaking about tonight. When you operate in the realm of the acts of God, it's as though you're operating like the flare generation. A generation that is excited. But when push comes to shove, that flame comes right back down generation that loves signs and wonders and prophecy but they don't like prayer generation that they're excited and amped up but when God is not speaking to them they're not they're not seeking him anymore it's my desire it's one of my passions that this won't be a flare type of church but this will be a church that is fanning the flame that is ever rising, that is ever growing because of an understanding of expectancy. Would you be on our feet today? I don't want us to push any further today. I don't want us to push any further. The Holy Spirit, who is the counselor? Who is the only wise God? Holy Spirit, who is our helper, has been knocking at your door, has been speaking to you, has been talking to you about something you have to step into. And I really hear this word of knowledge. God is really 
um, nudging on the heart of somebody here where you're at a crossroads of a decision and you really feel as though God has been speaking to you about one, one decision to make but it's almost as though it's the unfavorable decision or decision that you don't personally like but then there's another decision to make and you want to go there at all costs but you know that God is calling you to somewhere else I want to speak to you tonight and tell you listen to the voice of God heed to the voice of the spirit heed to the voice of the spirit if God is the alpha and he's the omega that means in the begin, in the middle you have the helper if you have the helper in the middle means that the spirit of truth is going to guide you and lead you in all the paths of righteousness and guide you towards your expected end. I don't really know who this is for tonight. But I know that I heard from God. I'm sure that I heard from God. And I want to pray for two people tonight. The first group of people I want to pray for as a group tonight, you're struggling with heeding to the voice of God. That's the first group. The second group I'm going to pray for is a group of people that want to move from the realm of man-made expectation to the realm of the expectation of God, which is the realm of faith. If you belong to the first group, I want you to come. I want to pray for you. You're struggling with a decision and hearing the voice of God. God has been speaking to you, but you're being stubborn. And you don't want to hear him, but you know that it's the right decision to make. And you need you need that extra push to get to that level. If that's you, just come to me right now. Every eyes closed, every head bowed. If that's you, I want you to come. I want to pray for you tonight. You're struggling with a decision. You're struggling with a decision. You know God is leading you towards something, but you're struggling with that thing. The spirit of truth is being sent. You know the Holy Spirit has been nudging your heart. And it may just be to stop something or it even may be to start something. God has just he's been nudging you. He's been speaking to you. He's been tugging at your heart. You know it. You hear his voice. It's so clear. It's ever so clear. You know it. You know that this is God. You know he's been telling you. He's been guiding you. He's been speaking to you. You're not listening. I want to make sure you don't get to the point whereby he has to come and probe you. Because some things can be avoided. There's a few more people. I'm going to wait. And you can come help me. Let's worship. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Come flood this place and feel the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what my heart longs for. To be overcome by your presence, Lord, Holy Spirit, you are welcome.
God is giving you new faith. Open up your mouth right now. Come on. Receive it. Open up your mouth. Receive it. 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 Yeah. Receive it. Receive a greater measure of faith. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. It is yours. Walk in it. You have to walk in faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the more that you listen to the word of God, the more your faith is built. And the more you're able to walk in faith. So go forth. Some of you guys got to be on Bible plans. Some of you guys got to start listening to the word, audio book, the audio Bible. Some of you guys got to start from this moment forward, start listening to podcasts and sermons and uh, begin to take in the word of God. The more that you take, your more intake uh, determines how the output and the condition of your heart and the condition of your life. And so go forth and be strong in Jesus' name. Come on one more time up for all those who came up. God bless you.
things that have never been thought about I really feel that God is raising up in, in uh, um, 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 inventors God is he's raising up people who are, are just going to be known for witty inventions things that have not been thought about seen before I'm speaking to people in the realm of science I'm speaking to those who are studying science those who are studying engineering I'm speaking to those who are even in um, even in political science I'm speaking to those who are are, are creatives who are in uh, uh, graphic designing and those who are in video and audio. I'm speaking to artists. I'm speaking to those who are musicians that God is going to begin to download onto you new, fresh ideas. I really feel that that's what God is shifting this church into, and I see it so clear. And I, and I want to stop, but I really just hear God saying that he's going to just shift the whole church into a realm of we are no longer uh, uh, excited about the acts because we know his ways. And, and, and because we know his ways, we are expecting God to show up. You see, the realm of expectation is a dangerous place. It's a realm whereby you're telling God, God, you need to show up. Not God, if you show up. It's God, you will show up. We need you to show up. You have to be here because that's who you are. I, I really feel that God is shifting the whole culture. He's shifting the culture of this church. He's shifting this culture into a place of expectation where we don't just wait on God because we know we, we don't just wait on God to show forth acts we wait on God to show forth who he is and when we know who he is he shows us what he does I believe with everything in me that God is getting ready to raise up an army of those who are not fickle of those who are not a flare generation of those who don't just come up when it's good and leave when it's bad but those even when it's bad will stay in the fire will stay in the flame and will keep growing from one day to another from glory to glory from strength to strength from grace to grace from faith to faith I see it in the realm of the spirit God is shifting this whole church in his name thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush podcast if you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us visit us at www campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.